Um, again, my name is Allison. It is great to be here this morning with you guys. Uh, we have been going over the stories that come before. Last week was Easter. It feels like Easter was about two weeks ago. I don't know why that is, but it does. But we, we're talking about um, the resurrection, when Jesus came back, defeated death, and is alive today to remind us of this love that is always available to us, always available to us, and a call to share that love with one another. But we're going back to the stories before today, and we're picking up where we have kind of left off a few weeks ago um, with Moses. If you remember, Moses uh, was a Hebrew who, during that time, the Pharaoh was, had enslaved the Hebrew people, and, but Moses was rec- rescued, grew up with the Egyptians, and he had a pretty good life. But where we're at in the story today, Moses is in exile because life kind of didn't go exactly the way he planned. He was doing um, some things, and somebody died by his hands, by his actions, somebody who died. And now he's in exile. But he's trying to live this kind of quiet life. He's now um, tending the flock of his father-in-law. He's married, and he's just kind of doing the day-to-day things. And then one day, I would imagine it's just kind of like any of his routine days, he's out doing um, what he normally does, and he sees this bush on fire. And the scripture said he's out tending his flock, and this bush is on fire, which maybe was kind of odd, but it didn't totally capture his attention until it said he noticed that the bush did not um, completely consume itself. It was just burning. And I found this really interesting. In the scripture it says, Moses saw this flame and the bush on blazing, but it was not consumed. And then he said, I must turn aside and look at this great side and see why it has not burned up. And then the Lord saw that he had turned aside And he called him out from the bush. I have to wonder, how long had that bush been burning before he actually paused to turn aside? Had it been there all day long, but he was so caught up in his daily routines that he didn't take time to just kind of turn and take notice? Had there been other people walking by and they also saw the bush, but they didn't take time to turn aside and notice. You know, for so many of us, I think that happens to us. We all, I think if if we think about it and we paused and thought, where are those moments in our life that maybe there was a burning bush and we didn't take the time to stop and look? But it was a moment where God was calling out to us to do something different. It was a new direction. Sometimes those burning bushes are great, awesome things. They're unexpected, and they're wonderful, that they cause us to fill with so much joy and excitement 
that we can't help but take notice. Sometimes those burning bushes in our lives can make us fall to our knees in anguish and despair that we have to take notice again, but all we want to do is hide. But I think every single one of us have had moments in our lives that if we really thought about it, God comes close, but maybe we haven't taken the time to turn and take a look. But I think Moses' story, as we hear and we continue, will continue through that, is this time of God calling in, God breaking into the ordinary things of our lives and calling us into a new purpose. We hear this talk of a call and a purpose in our lives, and every single one of us has it. It's not sometimes to be a um, church planner, a, a pastor, or whatever that is, but it's, it can be sometimes that call is to go say hello to the neighbor who you've never met. And just need somebody to smile at it. It might be even asking the person at the checkout, how is your day going when everybody else has ignored them all day long? It might be even saying to that person that you um, have had some difficulties with, but you just feel in your heart it's time to resolve those difficulties, and you say, can we have a conversation? But all of us get those moments when God breaks in and calls us into a different direction. And for Moses, God did. God called him and he said, I want you to do something for me. Now this wasn't just a little something. This was for Moses, it was going to completely change the trajectory of his entire life. The scripture says, it continues, the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry, and I know their sufferings. God knew the Hebrew people were being enslaved, and they, the Egyptians were continually oppressing them and, call, and causing great harm and difficulty for him. And God says, I hear those cries. I hear those cries, and I'm going to do something about it. And guess what, Moses? You're going to help me. You are going to help me because you took the moment and you turned aside into that indwelling of that moment when I broke into your life, that ordinary time, and I called you to do something different. For me, in my life, I've never seen a bush on fire that didn't turn into ash. But I have had moments where I, in my daily life, just kind of kept going by, just kept going by. And for me, one of those was I was in Omaha living and just kind of doing my normal daily, daily, daily things. I was working at a job, but I was fairly unsatisfied in that. I, um, in fact, it had been a few months prior to this, I was in a conversation with some coworkers, and somehow this, um, the topic of church came up, which was unusual for us because it wasn't something that we usually talked about, but I said something, and one of my coworkers turned to me and said, I didn't know you were one of those Jesus freaks. And um, at the time, what actually kind of startled me was, 
I really wondered what was I representing if I wasn't representing Christ in my life. Now, I don't know if that meant his interpretation of a Jesus freak is always talking about God being um, exactly what he meant by that. But for me, it was a moment of, am I living my life in such a way that is not representative of a love that I think God's calling me to show to one another? And it really got me thinking. And I, but a few months passed, and I didn't really do anything about it because I was disconnected from a church. I hadn't been involved in a church for many years. But I always drove by this one church on my way to work, to shopping. I always drove by. And finally, I decided to turn aside and look at it. I got curious. I found out how to go through the neighborhood and, and get there. And I showed up one Sunday. And it was like, God said, hey, Allison, where have you been? I've been kind of, you finally decided to take that little turn and figure out what you're doing. And that threw me on a trajectory of something I never knew or had planned at all. It threw me into a places where God has called me to say, you know, I've heard my people cry, and I want you to help them understand that they are loved that they are welcomed, that they are a part of something great and holy and, and wonderful, and that's my kingdom. I've heard my people cry of those that are marginalized that don't think they have a place at the table of my goodness and my richness, and I want you to be a part of inviting them. I've heard my people cry, and I've, I've heard them talking about times when they were oppressed, and and they weren't welcomed. It was a time when a mother came in and she talked to me and she said, my child is three, year old, three years old and he has Down syndrome and we were just at another church and they said he couldn't come to Sunday school. Can't he come here? It was almost a challenge for her to see, is that God that you talk about going to love my child? And will you as a representative, love my child as well. Of course, you throw up in your hands and you said, yes, that child is loved. And so when I turned aside, I was taken on a whole new thing. And so many of us, I think, are given that opportunity. And it, again, it's not the big ways. It's not the, the, the giant things that come in life and not all of us are called to to do certain ways, but we are called to do something in showing God's love. But many of us, like Moses, start throwing out excuses. And they say, wait a minute. You don't know who I am. You do realize that I'm the person that not so long ago, I'm having to live in exile because somebody died at my hands. You're not I'm not the guy, I'm not the woman, I'm not the person, I'm not the kid, I'm not the adult, I'm not the grandparent, that's not me. But then I love what God does. He's like, um, 
I am who I am, and I can send you, and you can do these things, because don't you know I know who you are? I am the one that created this. I am the one that has been with you. I am the one that was with you in the basket as you're, as you're being rescued. I am the one that understands. I am with you. But God does something even better. He's like, all right, Moses, I get it, but I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you when you go to try to address Pharaoh to let my people be free. I will be with you when you think you don't have the words. I'm going to give you the words to say so that I can get my message of redemption and hope across. But me, Moses continually comes back and he's like, look, nobody's going to believe me. Nobody's going to understand. They're not going to listen. I am one person. And you want me to go talk to the most powerful individual in our region and tell him what you're doing is wrong and you need to quit it. God says, yes, that's exactly what I want you to do. That's exactly what I want you to do. And I will be with you. But they continue this kind of back and forth. And he's like, okay, just so we're clear, you have somebody in your family that maybe is a little more articulate. I will help him be with you. Let's, when you go, I want you to talk to Aaron, and I want you to tell him, hey, God told me to do this, but you speak way more eloquently than me, so God's going to talk to me, and then you can help me talk to everybody else. And isn't that how it is in our lives sometimes? We do not think that we're going to be able to do something, and God's like, all right, let me show you how you're going to do this. Isn't that what being a neighbor is all about? We come together to do things in which we, on our own strength, have no capability of doing. We don't have the resources or all the giftings to do everything that needs to be done in our world today. I don't have the giftings to do what other people do out there to make the world a better place. But together, together we can. And that's what I think that God is continually saying to Moses and will continue to see is, you're not alone. I didn't call you or send you on this mission if I didn't believe that you could do it. I didn't call you and send you on this mission if I wasn't going to send other people to do it with you. I didn't call to send you on this mission if I didn't really hear the cries of my people and want to give them a hope of something different. And that's what our, I think our challenge is today. Where do we see the burning bushes in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our world, that God's kind of taking that moment and saying, stop, take notice. There are the cries of the people over here that need your giftings, that need your help, that need your specific 
ways in which you show love. And then we come together and we can do that as a unit, as a people who have loved and been loved. You know, Moses continues to have some challenges. He's going to continue to run into times when he questions what he's being called to do. He's going to continue to run into times when he doesn't want to go on this mission. And, you know, you're, I don't blame him. Because when we are called to those things, when we turn aside to take note, and God says go, sometimes that's pretty scary. But then we have the people that come alongside and say, let me help you. Let me hold up your arms for you. Let me give you the strength when you don't have any more to give. And, and I think that's what a neighborhood looks like. I think that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to be a place where people can come together to learn about those times in life when we're, they're not alone, to learn about a love that is so deeply for us that we maybe sometimes don't even remember ourselves. But then when we get that spark, when we get that moment, and we can share that with one another. God had heard the cry of his people, and he sent somebody. He sent somebody who was not qualified, who was in exile, who was scared, who was unaccustomed to being the leader, and he said, go. The other thing about this story that's so amazing is when Moses finally said yes and finally accepted it, he went to his father-in-law whom his father-in-law had depended on him to be part of helping him continue his neighborhood and continue to tend to his flocks and, and to continue to build what they had been building and his family. And he said, I've been called to go to help my people, to help them out of the impressive things in which they're finding themselves. And his father-in-law at that moment could have said, no, I need you here. This is your responsibility. This is what you are supposed to do. You have made a promise to my family. You need to stay. But instead, he says, peace go with you. He gave him his blessing in an otherwise uncertain thing. And we need that in our life too. When those burning bushes come in our lives, and maybe it's taking us in a new direction, we need not only the people that are going to go with us, but the people that are coming, staying back and saying, go, go with my blessing. Go with the giftings that you have. They're going to encourage us. They're going to send us with peace and love. And they're going to say, you have the support that you need to go. What a gift his father-in-law had given him. He's scared, he's, it's unsure, it's unknown, but God gave him even that little glimmer of, 
you have support out there from the people that love you. And I think when we look around, we have that in one another as well. We have that support that we can turn to those around us and they may not understand the direction that we're taking, but I hope if somebody comes to us and says, wow, I, I've been, I need to take this action because I, I see this happening over here, that we can say, go, I support you. That's awesome that you feel called in that direction. How can I help you do that? How can I help you be the best teacher you're going to be? How can I help you be the best graphic designer you want to be because you feel that that's the way that you can live out your life and live out your calling? How can I be the best student that you can be because that is where you get excited about things in your life? How can I be that person for you? And how in our mission and are those things, can we see God's glimmer of God saying, I'm with you and I will be with you from now for forever. I hope as you go through this week that you would take time to, to just look around. Maybe you're not going to see a burning bush that's just on fire somewhere that's not being consumed. But maybe you're going to see that little flower coming up from the crack in the sidewalk and be reminded of God's presence. And be reminded of God's presence in your life. And maybe it's a time when you can turn aside and say, God, I'm listening. And that's all you say. I'm listening. And you might just hear something that you didn't expect to hear. Or maybe it's this week, it's not the, the crack, the flower coming out from the sidewalk, but it's the person who needs to know that they are loved. Maybe that's the burning bush of God's calling you to be that friend, to be that neighbor, to invite that person into a place where they feel God's grace and that love again. But maybe... When we do that, God's going to say, I'm with you, I will be with you, and let's go do something together. Will you pray with me? God, it's hard to sometimes hear your call in our lives and to understand exactly what you're doing. It's hard to understand how we are to respond it's hard to understand in our own weaknesses how you give us strength. It's hard to understand that all the ways in which we have been supported by your love, by your grace, by the people around us. And yet you continually remind us through the renewal of life the birds singing at 5 o'clock in the morning, the flowers blooming, the children laughing, the families together, that you are with us in those holy moments, that whenever we are with one another, it's an opportunity to see your holiness. 
that wherever we stand can be holy ground if we take sight of your holiness within and the holiness around us. Let us be open to that holiness and share that with one another. Amen. You see, every one of us is part of this story that goes all the way back to the beginning of time and all the way into the future and God, until God's new creation is born, until God's kingdom truly is represented, a kingdom of full acceptance, of full love, of beautiful neighborhoods everywhere. And every single one of us is part of that story. Moses gets the, the light right now, and he's the main character going into that purpose and part of the story to lead people to answer the call of those that are hurting. But then you flash forward a little bit, and Jesus steps into the picture. He picks up a reading, and he said, I have come to release those who are oppressed. I have come to show those who need love. And in each part of those stories, there was God's call and the people's response. And each of us get an opportunity to respond as well, to be part of this community-mending, heart-mending part of the story where we, too, can respond and say, we are here to listen to those that are oppressed and respond in love. We are here to, to respond with grace and hope into lives that need to hear it. We are here to celebrate the joys and the triumphs in all of those people around us. It's an awesome thing for us to do, to be part of that story. But the, story, the theme throughout all of it is God says, I go with you. We're never alone. Not at one moment are we left abandoned in any part of that story. And for that, I just challenge you this week, where is God leading you in the big story? Wherever that is, know that you are not alone and that we are all called to love God, to love ourselves, and to love our neighbors as that story together and with purpose. So go out this week and know you are loved and be loving to one another. Thanks.